All right. Going to go to the book of Jeremiah. Book of Jeremiah. If you didn't get a bulletin, get one and read it. Excellent lesson. Part four of four, the last one in that series. Jeremiah chapter 36. If there's one of the prophets that closely approximates our time, I believe it's Jeremiah. And verse 30, chapter 36. It came to pass in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the southern kingdom, you had Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, and Zechariah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that this word came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take thee a roll of a book, write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel and against Judah and against all the nations. From the day I spoke, uh, spake unto thee, from the days of Josiah, even unto this day, it may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I propose to do unto them, that they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. Then Jeremiah called Baruch, the son of Neriah, and Baruch wrote from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the Lord, which he had spoken unto him and upon a roll of a book. Jeremiah commanded Baruch, saying, I am shut up, I cannot go into the house of the Lord, therefore go thou and read in the roll, which thou hast written from my, youth, my mouth, and the words of the Lord in the ears of the people in the Lord's house upon the fasting day. And also thou shalt read them in the ears of all Judah that come out of their cities. It may be they will present their supplication before the Lord and will return everyone from his evil way. For great is the anger and the fury that the Lord hath pronounced against his people. And Baruch the son of Neriah did according to all that Jeremiah the prophet commanded him reading in the book the words of the Lord in the Lord's house. And it came to pass in the fifth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, in the ninth month that they proclaimed a fast before the Lord to all the people in Jerusalem, to all the people that came from the cities of Judah unto Jer Jerusalem. Then read Baruch in the book the words of Jeremiah in the house of the Lord in the chamber of Gemariah, the son of Shaphan, the scribe in the higher court at the entry of the new gate of the Lord's house, in the ears of all the people. When Micaiah, the son of Jemariah, the son of Shaphan, had heard out of the book all the words of the Lord, then he went down into the king's house and to the scribe's chamber. And lo, all the princes sat there, even Elishama, uh, the scribe, and Deliah, the son of Shemaiah, and Elnathan, the son of Achbor, and Jemariah, the son of Shaphan, and Zedekiah, the son of Hananiah, and all the princes. Then Micaiah declared unto them all the words that he had heard. When Baruch read the book in the ears of the people, therefore all the princes sent Jehudai, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Shelemiah, the son of Cushai, 
unto Baruch, saying, Take in thine hand the roll, wherein thou hast read in the ears of the people, and come. So Baruch, the son of Neriah, took the roll in his hand, and came unto them. And they said unto him, Sit down now and read it in our ears. So Baruch read it in their ears. Next, Now it came to pass. And they had heard all the words that were, they were afraid, both one and other, and said unto Baruch, We will surely tell the king of all these words. And they asked Baruch, saying, Tell us now, how didst thou write all these words at his mouth? Then Baruch answered them, He pronounced all these words unto me with his mouth, and I wrote them with ink in the book. Then said the princes unto Baruch, Go hide thee, thou and Jeremiah, and let no man know where ye be. And they went in to the king into the court, but they laid up the roll in the chamber of Elishama the scribe, and told all the words in the ears of the king. So the king sent Jehudai to fetch the roll, and he took it out of Elishama the scribe's chamber. And Jehudai read, in, read it in the ears of the king, and in the ears of all the princes which stood beside the king. Now the king sat in the winter house in the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. And it came to pass that when Jehudai had read three or four leaves, that's columns, we're talking about a scroll, he cut it with the pen knife and cast it into the fire. This king of the southern kingdom that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. He started with those immediate passages. And then he kept cutting and kept cutting. He burned it all up. Yet they were not afraid nor rent their garments. Neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words. Nevertheless, El Nathan and Deliah and Jemariah had made intercession to the king that he would not burn the roll, but he would not hear them. But the king commanded Jeremiah, the son of Hamalek, and Sariah, the son of Azrael, and Shelemiah, the son of Abdiel, to take Baruch, the scribe, and Jeremiah, the prophet. But the Lord hid them. There's going after the prophets now. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after that the king had burned the roll. And the words which Baruch wrote at the mouth of Jeremiah saying, Take thee again another roll and write, it in, write in it all the former words that were in the first roll, which Jehoiakim the king of Judah hath burned. And thou shalt say to Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Thus saith the Lord, Thou hast burned this roll, saying, Why hast thou written therein, saying, The king of Babylon shall certainly come and destroy this land, and shall cause to cease from thence man and beast? Therefore thus saith the Lord of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, He shall have none to sit upon the throne of David. And his dead body shall be cast out in the day to the heat and in the night to the frost. And I will punish him and his seed and his servants for their iniquity or for their iniquity. And I will bring upon them and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem and upon the men of Judah all the evil 
that I pronounced against them, but they hearkened not. Then took Jeremiah another roll and gave it to Baruch the scribe, the son of Neriah, who wrote therein from the mouth of Jeremiah all the words of the book which Jehoiakim, king of Judah, had burned in the fire, and there were added besides unto them many like words. May the Lord add his blessings to the reading of Jeremiah 36. I'm going to talk to you about this subject. I've been here before. I think this is very, very, very needful right now. God's word on fire, and God's word fired on, and God's word in the fire. <clears throat> right here, not my notes, not anybody else's notes, the text of the King James, the word of God, the 66 books, this is the first and the last battleground, folks. Amen. It started off in Genesis. What did Satan say? He said, Yea, hath God said. Then he said, God hath not said. Questioning and, and denying the word of God. And this is going to be the last battleground. It's been going ever since. Well, we've got a lot of warnings. Deuteronomy, Proverbs, Revelation. He warns against taking from and adding to the Word of God. Well, I'm not going to read this whole thing. I've got an article here. The author of this, this article is Al Moeller, the president of the Southern Baptist Sem uh, Seminary in Louisville. I've got disagreements with him, but he's got some things I agree with him on. And he's written this article about Andy Stanley. Charles Stanley's son. Down in Atlanta. Because this man is, is, is promoting reading the Bible of the Old Testament. So he's back at it again. Al Moeller says, so evidently he wants us to understand that he means what he says. See, sometimes you read stuff like that or mention it. Oh, they don't really mean that. They don't really mean I wish people would shut their stupid mouths. If they say it, they mean it. Especially somebody in that kind of a position. Oh, he didn't really mean that. You don't know what you're talking about. If he's saying it, he means it. He says... Andy Stanley says, the Christian faith must be unhitched from the Old Testament. He said, Peter, James, and Paul elected to unhitch the Christian faith from their Jewish scriptures, and we, and my friends, we must as well. Well, he's a a diabolical, that's devilish, liar. He says, the first century leadership of the church, now notice that, 
the church. What church is that? When these people say that the Lord's going to come back and rapture the church, I want to know what they mean by that. They're so-called Baptists that say that. They're, they're promoting a universal invisible church, which is anti-scriptural. There isn't no the church. But he says the first century church leadership must be unhitched from that worldview, Old Testament, and value system and regulations of the Jewish scriptures. Well, I just got done with preaching on the law. I differentiated the moral law, the civil law, the ceremonial law, the dietary law. The moral law has never been abrogated as the word wiped out. Those others haven't. They've been fulfilled. All right, so the key to this, he said, worldview, value system, and regulations. The key to this is the value system. That's what he wants to get rid of, is the value system. There's Episcopalian church down on uh, 27. It had for several weeks on its billboard, old-fashioned faith, or ancient faith, and contemporary uh, values. Yes, we have the old faith, but we've got the values of today. Amen. We're going to tell you what those are in just a minute. Let me go through this. I'm just hitting and missing here. Uh, of course, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says... The gospel. Now here's the Apostle Paul in the first century AD, the New Testament era. And he says, the gospel, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That's Old Testament, folks. Was buried and rose again the third day, again according to the scriptures of the Old Testament. There's many more references, scripture references. Now here's one quote he says. Quote, I'm convinced that we make a better case for Jesus if we leave the Old Testament or the Old Covenant out of the argument, unquote. In other words, don't tell the truth about the Old Testament. Make Jesus appear what you want him to be. That's what he's saying. Here we go again. Hey, it's time that we face the facts and unhitch our faith and our practice from some of these Old Testament values that we can appreciate in their original context, 
but we really don't have any business dragging them into a modern context. Unquote. Here's another place where he has encouraged we need to get over the Bible tells me so. He said, actually, the church, the, what church? The church veered into trouble when it began to make its arguments on the basis of the Bible. Here in an interview, Stanley says, he affirmed again that affirmation of the virgin birth is not necessary. They want to jettison if you're in an airplane and it's going to crash, you start throwing out. I know the jokes who you throw out. But you start throwing out everything that weighs anything. That's called jettisoning it. And here's what he wants us to jettison. All of the embarrassing parts of the Old Testament. And it, the effort to retain, not even all of it, just much of the Old Testament is, quote, intellectually ruinous and morally debilitating, unquote. You want to read the whole article, you can. Now, that's Mr. Andy Stanley in Atlanta, Georgia, and he's got probably... 20,000 or more people that attend his his outfit. Huh? Yeah, he's got that many, yeah. And no telling how much money he makes. Big time bucks. People pay, pay a whole lot for heresy, boy. Anyway, now that's what's going on. But he's not by himself. This is on every hand. The value system that they want to get rid of is the value system where God says homosexuals are an abomination to him. That's the main part of it. Are you all with me? That's the main part of it. Somebody's out front. Anyway. Burning Bibles was not invented by the popes. Although they did a lot of it. Looks to me like this king of Judah was burning Bibles. Because you see what he was burning was the scroll 
the books. The word of God. That's what he was burning. Religion has been more responsible for getting rid of the word of God than any other commodity. Now greed and communist, socialist countries, the Bible is outlawed. But religious folk have been burning the Bible for a long time. Now let me tell you this. We've got one source. We have one source of the Word of God. Dr. Hogjaws ain't it. And neither am I. Our only source of word from God is right here in the 66 books of the Bible. And I guess I'm on a tear on this because I see what's going on around us. I see even so-called independent, sovereign grace missionaries, so-called Baptists, Moving away from the literal preaching of the whole counsel of the Word of God. All just preach Jesus. All just preach love. You hear it everywhere. We're in First Samuel in our men's Sunday school class. And there's the historical account of David, the man after God's own heart, the friend of God, the man after his own heart, who went out to a Philistine giant. And under the authority and power of God, he brought that giant down. Then he cut his head off and he ran that head around He said, is there not a cause? Now, I don't want to protect my children from that. I want my children to know exactly what happened. And also, God also wants us to know about His judgment. Didn't he burn it up? And what did God say to him? To to Jeremiah and Baruch? You go back and get your pencil and paper and your ink back and you write down the exact words that he burned up. And I'll tell you when the popes burned the Bibles and when any of them burned the Bibles, they can't get rid of the word of God. And they're trying to do it such such devils as this. And there's many of them. 
They'll not get rid of the word of God. And I'll tell you when you stand before him at the white throne judgment, you may expect to see this brought up there. We've got one source. They say just preach Jesus. If it wasn't for the word of God, you wouldn't know Jesus. The trees and the rocks don't cry out. Oh, they could have if God had ordained them to. But God didn't ordain them to. The word of God must be Kerus declared. Why you may as well try to get rid of God himself. (laughs) As to get rid of his word. So I I believe in God but I don't believe the Bible. You're a liar. You can't believe in God and deny the Bible. The Bible's your only source of word from God. How do we know anything from God or Christ is from the Word of God. And it's been that way for how long? Ever since the beginning. Well, they want to fire on the Bible, they want to throw it in the fire. By denying it. Ignoring it. Reinterpreting it. That's a big one. Retranslate it. That's a big one. Change the language for a more contemporary one. I understand that the King James translation is exactly that. It's an English translation of the Word of God. But it's a translation. But it's the English. Aren't you all glad that we can read the Bible in our language? Amen. That you don't have to go to school and learn how to read Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek? Nothing wrong with doing that. But the average person doesn't have the time or the facilities. The opportunity to go and learn all that. Nor do they have the impulse to do such a thing. But the Bible's in our own language. And you know what? (laughs) Not only has God directed His Word to be written, He's also directed His Word to be read. Well, look at chapter 36. Verse 1 and 2. Came to pass in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that this word came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take the roll of a book, and write there in all the words that I have spoken unto thee, Against Israel, against Judah, against all the nations from the day I spake unto thee, from the days of Josiah, even unto this day. Look at verse 8. Baruch the son of Neriah did according to all that Jeremiah the prophet commanded him, reading in the book the words of the Lord in the Lord's house. Now some of these smart addicts, devils, they say, well, everybody, 
nobody could read back then. Really? Well, let's see. This is 26, at least 2,600 years ago. And God commanded them to read His Word. <coughs> when did they learn? When did they figure out how to read and write? I got news for you. They never did. They never did. They came out of the Garden of Eden speaking and reading and writing. Where do you think Moses got all of his information 2,500 years after the fact? Or is it, no, it's longer than that. Yes, 25, 2,500. 1,500 B.C. Where do you think Moses got all the information that he had to edit the book of Genesis. Moses didn't live through that time. Of course they were writing and reading all along. How did they learn to do that? They learned it from God. Just like they never discovered fire. You ought to, you ought to question these, these blooming idiots that teach our kids that caveman had to discover fire. What a stupid thing to say. They couldn't have lived long enough to have discovered fire. They knew what fire was when Adam and Eve left, when they got driven out of the Garden of Eden. They knew what fire was. They knew what language. They didn't go, hum, 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 hum. That's what our kids are taught in the Lexington public schools and in the university. But it's a dirty, rotten, filthy lie is what it is. I hope somebody tags me on that. I'm certainly putting it out there, aren't I? Anyway. Anybody ever heard of the name W.F. Albright. Well, if you've, if you've ever read anything in biblical archaeology, he's one of the big names there. Now, I don't know anything about him, but, but he made some big discoveries. And he said this after they, dis, they discovered the Lakish letters. Lachish was a place in Israel. You remember there was a five nation confederation that fought against Joshua. And Lachish was one of those five. But they found these, they're in pottery, broken pieces, what they call the Lachish letters, but they were from the very time that Jeremiah and Baruch are doing this. And so Albright says, quote, Only a very ignorant person can now suggest that writing in many forms was not known in Palestine and the immediately surrounding regions during the entire second millennium B.C. Only a very ignorant person. 
and for all the out there. They're in all the universities. John professors pay. Yep, God's word's written. Always has been. God's words to be read. Verse 8 of our chapter, I just read that. He is not commanding poems, prose, and such to be read in the place of his word. You ever watch Dr. Hogjaw's Reverend so-and-so come to his funeral? And he pulls out his little book of poems. And he reads somebody's little poem. That's not what God directs. God's not a poet. Albeit he has some poetical books. But they're far more than poetry. Why do just a whole lot of preachers at funerals bring somebody else's writings? Could it be they're embarrassed by the Word of God? Could it be they're afraid of God's word? Very well may be. Look at the prince's question in verse 12. Look at verse 11. When Micah, the son of Jemariah, the son of Shaphan, had heard out of the book all the words of the Lord, then he went down into the king's house and to the scribe's chamber, and lo, all the princes sat there. Even Elishama, the scribe, and Deliah, the son of Shimeiah, and Elnathan, the son of Achbor, and Jemariah, the son of Shaphan, and Zedekiah, the son of Hananiah, and all the princes. Then Micaiah declared unto them all the words that he had heard when Baruch read the book in the ears of the people. <laughs> they didn't want to hear everybody to hear that. Well, they wanted Baruch to go to the evidence room where they could shut him off from the people. And they especially don't want the king to hear this. But then God sent, sent him to the, the, him and the scroll to the Preservation room. <laughs> Verse 26, the king commanded Jeremiah, the son of Hamalek, and Sariah, the son of Azrael, and Shelemiah, the son of Abdiel, to take Baruch the scribe and Jeremiah the prophet. The Lord hid them. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after that the king had burned the roll. It's over with now. He's done burned the roll. Oh, know this. God's word disrupts. 
I've had people get embarrassed at me preaching the word. I, I really have. I've never been embarrassed preaching the word, but I've had others get embarrassed and, oh, preacher, you shouldn't be preaching like that. Really? You're going to tell me what I'm supposed to be preaching and I'm preaching the word of God? No, you can't do that. You're not big enough to tell me what to preach as long as I'm preaching the truth. Now, if I get up here and preach heresy, this church has got every obligation to direct me, straighten me out, or get rid of me. But if I'm preaching the whole counsel of the Word of God, you can't tell me what to preach and what not to preach. I'm going to preach the whole counsel. It does disrupt. It will have an effect one way or the other. Somebody said, it'll either draw you or damn you. God's word is unstoppable. Amen. They've tried to stop it for centuries. Millennia. They've tried to stop the word of God. They can't do it. Well, they're pretty much stopping it in England. In Canada, right on our northern border, and in some states of the United States of America. But they won't stop the word of God here. Anyway, even though Jeremiah is in jail, Paul said in 2 Timothy 2.9, he was in jail, he was in bonds, but he said the word of God is not bound. You can't bind up the word of God. God's word is hated. Verse 1 to 3. It came to pass that when Jehudi had read three or four columns, he ain't even really, he's not all the way into it. He cut it with the pen knife and cast it into the fire. Doesn't sound to me like he's very happy with what he's reading. Does it Jew? And he keeps on till the whole scroll's in the fire. Boy, I got that done. Now I'm home free. Don't have to hear that anymore. Got rid of that old prophet. Got Paul in jail. Don't have to hear that anymore. You see, the word of God spoils the styles of men and women. You see, if God is and he is, if this is his word and it is, then by right of creation, God has and exercises the sovereign right to Order his creation. 
Ecclesiastes 12. Hear the conclusion of the whole matter. To fear God and keep His commandments, this is the whole duty of man. That ain't Jewish man. That ain't Gentile man. That ain't white man. That ain't black man. That's all human beings created by God. All of Adam's race. And that's what the conclusion of the whole matter is. There's nothing else to say. But God is sovereign. Three times holy. And he is the judge. And he is the commander of his creation. And somebody, oh, I don't have to listen to that. Well... You'll get away with it for a while. Jehoiakim didn't die right off hand, right off the bat, did he? Oh, but it was working. He done passed over that line of no return. When he burnt, cut up that scroll, the Bible, and threw it into the fire, burned it up, he done passed over a line, crossed over a line. There was an old western movie about the river of no return out in Idaho. Anybody remember that? Oh, Joel Kim crossed the river of no return. He said that you won't have anybody after you. And you ain't going to even get buried. Your carcass is going to lay out in the sun and lay out in the snow. Isn't that what he said? And guarantee you every bit of it came to pass. Portions of it deleted. That's what these translations do. I don't have time for much of this. Look in the book of Acts. Chapter 8. Verse 26. The angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, Behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all of her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. So this black man was a eunuch and he was very responsible position under the queen. He didn't have any problem with reading, folks. He had a problem with spiritual illumination. He was reading fine. This is 2,000 years ago. He was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Did you get that? That slave, black slave, was reading. 
the book of Isaiah. And that ain't childish reading, folks. But his problem wasn't a problem of reading the words. He had a spiritual problem. For the spiritual things of God are spiritually discerned. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither or there to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah. Philip heard him read it and understood what he heard. So he walked and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Spiritually understand it. And he, the eunuch, said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And the place of the scripture which he read was this, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb, before his shearer so opening not his mouth. He's talking about Isaiah 53. Jews don't understand that passage right today. Unless they've been born again. Amen. Here's the rest of it. In his humiliation and judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom spake, speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? As I said, the unconverted Jews ask the same question today. They don't know. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus, preaching deacon. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. And these modern translations, the so-called NIV, and most of the others, do you know most of verse 37 is left out? You'd read through this and verse 37 would not be there. Let me assure you, verse 37 is in the text. Why did they leave that verse out? Because they hate the word of God. They hate the truth and they hate the God of the Bible as well as the word of God in Christ. Portions deleted, trimmed back. 
neglected, ignored, reinterpreted. I've done this before, told you all about it. If you've got sword search on the Bibles, you've got a WH there. And it's all Greek. Anybody got that? Ever notice that? Yeah. Well, that WH is B.F. Westcott and J.A. Hort. H-O-R-T. They're the two that started the so-called textual criticism. I've got a copy of their New Testament in my library. Just for the sake of having it, not because I use it. Their New Testament is not nearly as big as ours. Because the actual part that they say is the New Testament is very short. Then you look back, they've got a list of suspected readings. That's scriptures that they suspect are not in the original. But then behind that, they've got another section. It's rejected readings. And that's a whole list of all the verses in our New Testament that they reject as being scripture at all. Look at 1 John. And these are just obvious ones. What I just read in Acts. First John chapter 5. Verse 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. You won't find that in these modern translations. Matter of fact, the Jehovah's False Witness, their perversion of the Scriptures They've left that out too. They can't stand that because that absolutely teaches the doctrine of the Trinity. But somehow it's there in the text. What I'm saying is that they cut out pieces, they take from, they add to. Well, look at Isaiah 14. I'm able to get that and I'll quit that. Most of you heard this. Isaiah 14, verse 12. How thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Lucifer is the name of Satan before he fell. You know, you have Luciferians in this world. Followers of Satan. And they call themselves Luciferians. O Lucifer, son of the morning. How thou cut down to the ground which didst Weaken the nations. And that certainly is absolutely stating the fall of Satan from heaven. But let me show you what the NIV says. <clears throat> the so-called New Inter International Version. 
You look at your King James. I'm going to read the NIV to you. And let me tell you what. When you go in these Christian bookstores, that's about all you will find are NIV Bibles. If you've got one, get rid of it. Don't give it away. Throw it away. Here's what the NIV says. How you have fallen from heaven, old morning star, son of the dawn. We sing the song, He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. Where does it tell us Jesus is the bright and morning star in the book of Revelation? The NIV tells us that Lucifer is the morning star. Now, I don't pretend to be a Hebrew scholar. I know a little bit of it. But do you know that that word star is not even close in that text? It is, it is not even close. The word, Hebrew word kokob is star. And it is nowhere now around that verse. Now you tell me why they would put that Lucifer is the morning star. It's not even there. It's because they're trying to make Satan and Jesus the same one. Which is what Mormons do. And others. Anyway. The word of God is hated. It's cut up. The word of God is burned. In essence, the king is attempting to burn God. And the word of God is undiscerned, un unknown. Look back here at chapter 36. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, verse 27. After that, the king had burned the roll, and the words which Baruch wrote at the mouth of Jeremiah, God says, take thee again another roll, and write in it all the former words that were in the first roll, which Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, hath burned. And thou shalt say to Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Thus saith the Lord, Thou hast burned this roll, saying, Why hast thou written therein, saying, The king of Babylon shall certainly come and destroy this land, and shall cause to cease from thence man and beast. Jeremiah and Baruch are instructed to repeat it. Now you know what? The book of Revelation and other books in the Bible teach us that this world is due for God's judgment. So with a lot of bad things going on there, yeah, but they ain't nothing compared to what's coming. Oh, well, that's just been going on. Been saying that for years. I'll look quick at 2 Peter <coughs> chapter 3.
3. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust. You see, that's why the lie of evolution has taken hold of our whole world. All of the schools. Because people do not want God Almighty to tell them what they can and cannot do. And saying, where is the promise of His coming? <coughs> For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were <coughs> from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of. That by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the word, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And he said, let the dry land appear. Let there be light, and there was light. Whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. That's the flood of Noah's day. And these, these bumbling idiots say there's no evidence of that. It's all up to top of Mount Everest, six miles above the earth. Petrified, fossilized clowns. It's all over the earth. Every time you drive by, see those layers of limestone. Between those layers are dead things. That's when those layers were laid down during Noah's flood 4,300 something years ago. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word. God said, I have created man. I've created the heavens and the earth. He said, now, he said, I'm going to destroy it. And but for his grace, he saved eight people. Amen. Knowing the three sons and the four wives. And enough of his animate creation to restore it to what we've got today. But he said by the same words. Is God going to speak judgment? No, no. He's already spoken. He spoke when he spoke the judgment in Noah's day. By the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. That'd be women too. Ungodly human beings. Yeah. The word of God is fired on. It's in, in the fire. But let me tell you what. It's on fire. He said my word is a fire. My word is a hammer. Amen. Well we don't like that. We want, we want a little kinder message. Sorry you won't get it from me. And he didn't get it from Jeremiah. Jeremiah gave it to him. And he gave it to him again. It didn't change one iota. 
or jot or tittle. Let's stand.